the retention and engagement that you have to pay close attention to with your own shop and your own personnel will only help you be successful with the outcomes of recruiting for your facilities. So those are a couple items that you have to make sure that you're riding the ship with right now. Hello, and welcome to the Talent Acquisition Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Dull. And on this show, we interview today's industry leaders in talent acquisition to discuss challenges, best practices, and what the future holds. If you are working in talent acquisition and have always wanted to sit down with your peers at other companies to exchange ideas and learn, well, this show is the next best thing. Join us each week as we bring you a new expert interview and extract their expertise. This episode is brought to you by SageMark HR. Transform your recruiting practices with leading edge technology. Selecting the right recruiting solutions to enable your strategy is one of the biggest challenges leaders face today. You know technology will help, but searching all the options to find out what will work best for your specific needs can be both overwhelming and time-consuming. At SageMark HR, we make selecting the right recruiting technology easy. Our proven process has helped companies such as 3M, Comcast, Stryker, Walgreens, and many more. Reach out to us at SageMark HR for a free consultation to learn how we can help you improve results with less stress and confidently change from reacting to leading. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Talent Acquisition Leaders. I'm your host, Ryan Dull, and today I have a great conversation with Colin Lyle. Colin is the System Director of TA at Advent Health. Colin, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Ryan. I appreciate your time today. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the conversation. So let's get started and jump right into kind of your background. How did you get started in talent acquisition? What kind of roles have you had leading up to your current role at Advent Health? Sounds great. Thanks, Ryan. So I think you hear a lot of TA leaders talk about falling into talent acquisition. It wasn't a, a career path per se. It's funny, right? In a previous discussion, we had talked about voice for radio. That's what I was going to do coming out of school is going into radio and media and broadcasting. And I had worked in the restaurant industry for many years, and I met an individual that took a liking to a young college guy and said, well, what are you doing after school's done? And he was a vice president of a very large recruiting firm uh, called Aerotech uh, that I know a lot of talent acquisition professionals are familiar with. Four months later, I found myself out of the radio station and in the Aerotech office in my first cubicle, uh, making 100 phone calls a day. So, you know, I think the introduction into recruitment was really the liking of people, of relationships, the competitive nature. Um, I think of my personality of wanting to, you know, be a successful business person, being able to really make an impact on helping people find careers was something that really drove me into sticking in talent acquisition. Because another piece is, you might be in it for a year or two, or you might be in it for 20 or 30 years. And you see a big a big sway in how many people go which way. And so I'm a TA lifer. I started my career you know, as a recruiter, an on-premise, on-site manager. I had started within manufacturing and healthcare, engineering, professional services, you name it. And I really found myself gravitating towards healthcare. And I left Aerotech and went to a smaller um, mom and pop shop that was looking to really start a travel nursing division, was able to help them start that up, grow it over a five-year program, and then find myself coming to Advent Health um, and back to the corporate side. So really agency and contingent labor to now corporate healthcare system talent acquisition. That's been a great journey of almost 20 years thus far. And that's where we're at today. Great background. 
love to start with Aerotech. I mean, that's uh, no better way to learn, right? It's just like jumping into it in the agency side. You learn a lot and also love the description, TA Lifer. I'm going to use that myself as, as I am as well, 28 years now, uh, TA Lifer and love it. Absolutely love yeah. it. So We're a special uh, breed, Ryan, a special yeah, breed. That's it. That's it. There's only a few of us and uh, we are a special breed. Absolutely. So yeah, let's hop in a little bit and talk just about kind of Advent. So if you wouldn't mind, kind of give give a little scope around kind of the business, your team, number of roles you deliver, and let's kind of scope it out first before we get into kind of some of the initiatives that you've done. Yeah, absolutely. So the kind of size and scope, uh, Advent Health, faith-based, non-for-profit health system based out of Orlando, Florida. We operate um, acute care services, non-acute care services, home health clinics, physician groups, you name it, across nine different states, upwards of almost 90,000 employees across the system today. From a talent acquisition standpoint, we are on track to do almost 30,000 plus hires in 2022. Um, I have groups operating in each one of those nine states. We are probably looking at almost 12,000 requisitions that we work on at any given date right now, which and to put it in perspective, prior to the pandemic, um, we were only at 4,500 recs a team size of about 120. And now our entire talent acquisition organization is sitting close to 250 team members today. Wow. That's a lot of growth and a lot of changes from a volume perspective. I've seen that in several industries as well. Presents it's a whole new scope of challenges, right? And so let's jump in that at a little bit. So as you start thinking about looking backwards at pandemic, coming out of the pandemic, that kind of change in volume, adding recruiters, like what are some of the kind of the initiatives that you've done over the last, call it two years, to try to be able to handle that type of growth in volume? Some of the key initiatives through the pandemic to where we're at today, certainly premium labor costs reduction, internal retention, employee engagement, and candidate experience from your outside talent marketing, recruitment marketing, talent attraction initiatives, and the experience that we want candidates to have going through as a potential applicant to potential team member at Advent Health. So those are three of the main areas that we're really focused on right now in terms of main initiatives. The scaling of where we've come from in my journey of almost seven years is you know, really the implementation of a shared services model. So when I came Dadman almost seven years ago, small team, maybe 25 or so team members supporting one region. And it was a five-year project plan to implement this HR shared services model across the entire system. So that itself was a lot of change management and scaling really quarter by quarter, year by year, adding team members, adding system facilities, um, and adding other skill sets you know, to our portfolio. So really, I think it's been a couple things. One is engagement of your current team to make sure that succession planning, professional development opportunities, knowing that the playbook in year one, I'm going to need 12 managers by the time I get to you know year five. I'm going to need 18 supervisors. I'm going to need two more directors. So wanting to be able to develop from within, one of my passion projects is that professional development and career pathing plans for our internal teams. With the size of 250 now, I'm very proud to say every one of our leadership roles within our talent acquisition team have been developed and promoted from within. So that's really, I think, the secret sauce on how do you scale your own 
internal team to make sure you can support the needs of the business. It's those two items right there. No, I think that's great. And yeah, it's no small task. I've uh, gone way back now, 10 years ago, and I was at Pfizer trying to build a center of excellence from a decentralized model and bringing it in, developing the delivery model, standardizing process, getting the tech right, all those types of things. It is a massive undertaking to go from decentralized at that kind of volume to bring it internal and build that team and then start bringing in the right people, putting the right model in place, developing them up and through. So kudos to you for doing that. I appreciate what you've gone through there and coming out the other side successfully, as well as the results of having your internal team all be kind of promoted team members is really cool. So that, that's exciting. Let's talk a little bit about kind of what you see in the future here. So if you look at where you are today, after having kind of built that up, laid the foundation, started scaling, now where are you going? Like, what are some key initiatives or key areas of focus that you're looking at going forward? So more on the how are we support now that we've supported our own team, how are we supporting the business side? Um, in the last couple of years, obviously for a lot of healthcare, you know, organizations and talent acquisition teams specifically has been a challenge. So I'll say a few of the main points that I'll emphasize for today's conversation are leaning out your process. I think a lot of healthcare organizations have these laborious, antiquated talent acquisition, screening, selection, standard operating procedure models that have been existing since the beginning of time, right? So, and when's the last time you went through and totally scrapped your SOP and developed it from scratch to say, what's going to get you the best return? What's going to give the best candidate experience? What's going to increase your speed, your conversions, those types of things? So redesigning our screening selection process was one of the first initiatives as we came into the pandemic, where we're at today. Two items that I'll call out specifically are what we refer to at Advent as our centralized hiring models that have even matured into what I'll refer to as the direct hire model. What we've done is streamlined that screening selection process between touch points, hiring leaders, evaluations, assessments, video interviews, on-site shadows to be a much user-friendly, a much better candidate experience to move that from point A to point B as quickly as possible. So that speed to market evaluation was critical for us to say, well, we want the candidate from the day that they apply to the day that they get a job offer to be less than five days. And you might start, and if as an organization or a TA leader, practitioner, evaluate that time if you don't right now. If you don't know every step of the way from application to screening, to interview, to share, to offer, you need to be able to break that process down and see how you can lean that out. And that's exactly what we did. So the centralized models are really built around key sole decision makers that will be able to evaluate a candidate in a 24-hour period, make a decision for multiple units, multiple departments, and make a negotiated offer within that same 24-hour period. For us, increasing that conversions is big in a short supply marketplace. You might be getting candidates through your candidate pipeline, but how many of them are making it through the process? And we certainly had an opportunity to increase those conversion percentages, as well as the speed in which your candidate experience is going. So in those models, we've developed, I think, over a 35% increase in conversion rate with the existing pipeline, cutting it in half in terms of the speed that we're able to get candidates through the pipeline to their stage and offer, uh, which has yielded extra hires and helped us cut contract labor, help us cut overtime labor, help increase engagement, reduce turnover by you know having more staffing, enhance to help our current clinicians. So all the results we're getting. And the great news is it didn't cost a penny. 
No new sex, no new tech stack, no new evaluation. Didn't need to get 20 more FTEs approved through my budget. So those lean methodologies, I think, are really the biggest piece that if you haven't done that yet, that's where you have to start. It's amazing. I really appreciate you sharing that. And the results are amazing. I loved a few different things that you said there. The first one that I'm going to talk a little bit about is just like conversion and have, hearing you talk about conversion oftentimes in this market and in the TA space you don't think about that enough. And it's about like, hey, we don't have enough candidates. Let's go outbound. Let's look at that. Or, hey, we're going through here and we need to screen out all these these folks. And it's really about conversion through this process and getting the right people at each gate and making sure that you're providing the experience that converts them to the next stage in the process and keeps them engaged. So I love hearing you talk about that and increasing your conversion rates is a much better effort than increasing your outbound recruiting or increasing the size of your pipelines and things like that, because it it all comes down to the the best conversion. I love hearing you talk about that. The other thing that I loved hearing you talk about is as you use lean methodologies and getting your process to reflect kind of going at the speed of the market. That's what we talk about at SageMark with a lot of clients and stuff. It's like, hey, you you need to be at the speed of the market not your speed, the speed of the market need to resonate with who you're trying to engage, right? And so you've done an amazing job and to get that to five days is awesome. And that puts you at a tremendous competitive advantage. So those are all really great things. Love lean, man. I grew up in manufacturing, love lean methodologies. And it's really great to hear the success you've had through that. Thanks, Ryan. You know, there's a saying we say a lot and it's if you're not first, you're last. And so that's how it works in today's candidate-driven marketplace. And I think the another subset of the conversions, how you work people through is how many different opportunities can you give candidates? And I will say one of the other driving factors to help us increase those conversions is creating other opportunities to take advantage of the supply you do have. So whether it's training programs that exist within an organization to say, well, I can upskill these non-acute care setting nurses into the hospital space where in previous years, that person just be rejected. They're applying for a PCU, a med surge job, but they only have a home health background. Historically, that candidate has been rejected, but now we provide opportunities in our transition programs to help train those individuals. If we look at our skilled nursing facilities, we have opportunities to transition team members from even inside the organization in those markets into the acute care space. So internal mobility being another facet to help fill those positions when I know within the marketplace, it might be easier to fill my skilled nursing facilities based on my current talent pool versus my acute care. So I'm able to transition and then rehire for easier market fills for one section of the business. So it's those other opportunities that you give potential team members to get your foot in the door is gonna help increase your conversions. Absolutely. And that's, I mean, you've really done a nice job building capability of your team and the maturity of your organization to be able to deliver that. And the the results and how that shows up in the business is just exponential value when you're able to do that, not only from a speed, but a quality, and then being able to take those candidates and coming in, you know, everyone talks about silver medalists. And usually, unfortunately, they end up sitting in your ATS and growing dust and then everything is a new search. And if you can actually leverage that and offer new opportunities, the brand impact of that, as well as the impact of actually landing those quality people in other opportunities is just, it's an enormous value proposition. So 
I'm excited to hear about that. That's great. I appreciate you sharing all of these items. Last question I'll have for you is, what advice would you give to others? So there's a lot of people that probably haven't built out something as mature and capable as yours. And I know there's, there's other stuff to do, but what kind of advice would you give to others in this space on, on how they can think about TA or how they can be a better TA professional? I'll tell them to go through the same journey because it's worked for me. It's my own secret sauce is to go through that lean methodology process evaluation of your entire standard operating procedure of TA and stop thinking the way that traditional TA screening and selection models work. You know, I will say that now is the time to take risks that if they're not in some organizations and some talent acquisition leaders can be risk averse and it's not going to help you in today's marketplace. So don't be afraid to throw out what we might think is outlandish ideas like direct hire model say, hey, we're just going to do the hiring ourselves from talent. There's no evaluation. There's no facility interface. We are going to take care of it. We have our own competencies, our evaluations. You'd be laughed out of the executive room a few years ago to say that. But now in the current state, well, you've built trust and you've built relationships and you have service, you have subject matter expertise in this. Say, yes, we will trust you to make these decisions. So, you know, some of these ideas that we thought you know, would never come to fruition have, and you have to pivot quickly. So, you know, I think be aggressive with your, with your risks and present what you might think could be unpopular ideas, because you might be surprised on the traction that you'll be able to gain from that. One of the other items that I, that I touched on, I'll dive into a little bit more, is that focus on team member development. We talk about the marketplace today in healthcare recruitment and short supply of nurses and short supply of conditions. It's more competitive in the talent acquisition space than I have ever seen it in my career. For recruiters, for recruiting leaders, for supervisors, for pre-boarding specialists, for sourcing professionals, if you are not keeping your own team stable and you are turning over recruiters every six to nine months, you cannot expect to perform at an elite level without having some level of consistency and relationships with your key stakeholders, your clients, your marketplace, and your talent acquisition team. One of the reasons we've been able to present some of these more outlandish strategies, aggressive strategies, is because of the relationships the recruiters have with their hiring leaders, our managers have with their facility executives, and up to you know a system level you know, with myself. So I think the retention and engagement that you have to pay close attention to with your own shop and your own personnel will only help you be successful with the outcomes of recruiting for your facilities. So those are a couple items that you have to make sure that you're writing the ship with right now. There's a deeper level of tech stack evaluation and tools and resources. But if you're not doing those little things well, then you can't expect those other resources or strategies to play a big role if you can't handle the little things. That's where I think people really need to start and look in the mirror today to get somewhere as we roll into 2023. Yeah, that is awesome advice. I love both of those elements that you talked about. I'll start with the second one and then go back to the first one. But I was actually just thinking about this this morning and starting some LinkedIn content around it saying that basically the context is your recruiter experience and the experience that you give your recruiting team drives all the other stakeholder experience throughout your organization. And so to your point, having that experience would be great. Having Reducing that turnover enabling that team to deliver the value that they're capable of um, and having a, a great recruiter experience 
will drive that business value through the organization. And so uh, kudos to you for figuring that out. I know it's easy to say hard to execute, so that's great. The first part that you were talking about, I love it. You saw me smiling. But as you talk about kind of like being bold and traditional methodologies don't work anymore. And the challenge in the reality is like traditional methodologies for recruiting of, you know, posting jobs and having an army, army of people just kind of putting through everybody through the slog and then taking a long time to make decisions like and scaling by adding bodies and things like that's been around forever. And you know what? Maybe it was effective at some point. It just doesn't work anymore. And the biggest challenge is usually recruiting functions understand that, right? But the rest of the business or the leaders don't get it yet. And so being bold as a TA leader and having the courage to kind of stand up, educate your organization and lead them to a modern experience is really what differentiates. So that's a really great advice. So I'd love to hear kind of how your journey went in that you've been successful coming through where most people get bogged down is actual the change management around that of saying like, hey, I know you've all made your decisions for the last 50 years on hiring. We're now going to take this in here and we are going to do this. You need to trust us and we're going to be able to deliver it. And here's the business value. So getting from old to new easy to put the plan together, hard to execute. I'd love to hear kind of how that worked for your journey of, of getting people to that end game. Not an easy task to go through change management or process like that. I know I mentioned earlier about you don't need to invest in all these new tools and technologies. One thing that I left out of that that will help the transition and, the, and any talent acquisition leader's journey in this is you have to have data. So I'm a bit of a data junkie myself. I know you you love diving into the data yourself, Ryan. For us, we are fortunate enough to have a couple of data analytics professionals that are part of the talent acquisition structure within Advent Health. So building out dashboards, building out analytics to look at historical data, trends, and benchmarks to compare to say, well, what does great even look like is one piece. So how do we know we're doing well? We know internally, is it better than last quarter? Is it better than last year? Is it better than last week? And what key performance indicators are you trying to affect? Is it speed? Is it conversion? Is it quality? Is it productivity? Is it your efficiency? And how are you measuring those items? So you have to have analytics to help tell the story. Otherwise, it's just what I refer to as fairy dust, right? I might just come out and spring this up. And it's like, what does it all mean? And where are you getting these opinions? Where are you getting these trends? From So you have to have some sort of data trends, whether it's your HRIS systems for some groups that don't have a robust analytics team as part of TA, which I know is probably the minority of the groups. Use your other HR business partners, HR dashboards to help articulate that story. Use your vendors, use your ATS, use your CRM to also help as your partner because they should be giving you data or if you can't pull it yourself, asking the tools and partners and clients that you work with to make sure that they're giving you that data. So you need that data to help tell the story. The other piece is what, what does great look like is benchmarking within healthcare talent acquisition is there are several different consulting groups within the healthcare space. We utilize one that's probably the largest data benchmarking consulting team in healthcare talent acquisition. Over 3,000 clients that submit data on a quarterly basis for all these key performance indicators to say, who is the best of the best? What are they doing and why? So you can truly say, well, we're in bottom quartile benchmark. 
in these statistics. This proposal is going to yield this results to get us to being top quartile, top 10%, top 5% in these categories, you know, across healthcare TA. So you have to have data to tell the story. You have to have benchmarks to know what is what are you shooting for to be great. And then the relationships is a was that last piece that over time, if you have a level of respect and a level of ownership with your executive team, they'll give you a chance. At Advent, we joke a lot to say, well, if I call it a pilot, they'll let me do whatever I want. Right? <laughs> so in some in some small scale. So find those nuances within your organization of what it doesn't have to be this wide, you know, full system change. It can be a small pilot group, which I know many people do, but pitch it that way if you think it's going to be easy and try to break it fast. Yeah. Right. And then come back to the drawing board and say, well, this worked, but this didn't work. And that's okay. But it's that transparency from talent acquisition executives to your leadership executives say, well, this is this didn't work. And I'm going to make a tweak and here's my next recommendation or pivot from the original model, or it's working great, let's continue to expand it. And we've been fortunate enough, that I'm telling you a lot of success stories, but we broke quite a few things in the first couple pilots to be able to get there, to be able to now expand it to system-wide initiatives um, and see those results. So those are, those are my pieces, I think, of how to help people get there. That's great. No, I would say, like, get the rock moving down the hill. You don't have to throw it to the bottom of the hill, just like little things, even if they break, like get that momentum going, show some results, get things moving downhill versus trying to push it all the time. And then good things will happen. So Colin, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you joining me today and sharing all that you have. Really impressive journey. Love, I appreciate you sharing all the knowledge that that you did and, and your journey through the TA space. So thank you very much for joining us today. Great job. Thank you. Appreciate the time, Ryan. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Talent Acquisition Leaders Podcast. If something we said today resonated with you, please subscribe, rate, and download our podcast and share the episode with your network. Ready to transform your recruiting practices with leading edge technology, just like our other clients at 3M, Comcast, Stryker, and Walgreens? Then reach out at sagemarkhr.com for a free consultation.